Welcome to Bygone Geek. Loading another awesome episode in 3, 2, 1, launch. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Come with me if you want to learn. Hey, Eric, you dead? Yeah, man. <laughs> Better wake up. Because we gotta feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's Bygone Geek Time. Cool podcasting! Feel the rhythm! Feel the rhyme! Get on up! It's Bumplet Time! (laughs) David, I also have a question for you. I'm feeling very Olympic today. How about you? <laughs> Cold enough in there for you? <laughs> I, I, was, I was realizing with doing this episode, David and I, for everybody that listens, if you don't know, it's like we're both Midwesterners. This morning, it is four degrees at my house. <laughs> it is frigid cold. David had frigid temperatures yesterday or on Friday. Um, so, yeah, I can commiserate with Sanka <laughs> when yeah. it comes to ice. Like igloos, <laughs> like penguins, like ice. <laughs> I know joke when I come in from shoveling, that is the first scene in the, I think of when he's in the ice truck, ice cream truck, and his, his braid breaks off. Yeah. I think of that with my mustache and stuff, and I'm like, oh my God, it's going to happen. And it's a fear <laughs> that I have, because then I'm going to be a giant you know, hole in my beard and stuff. But I think of him every time in that in that scene. Yeah. Um, but, you know, man, I, they're... I we for those who don't know Eric and I trade off intros and you know I I, I got super lucky that this one fell on me because I mean I had to start it that way mm-hmm. like oh it's the it's it's one of the most we just would run around saying it on the playground and stuff that chant yeah. you know and uh, it's just so great and I'm so glad we're giving some love to to Cool Runnings given it's winter time and it's it's just you know such a great movie that it's one of those like when we talk about. Um, like Terminator 2 or some of our Holy Grail type movies, The Crow, Best of the Best, you know, those are, I'm, I'm so glad we give love to those too. I think Cool Runnings is one of those sports hidden gems. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's like, not like football or basketball. It's, it's bobsledding. But I think when you rewatch this and you get like the way they filmed and uh, the, 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 the sledding scenes and the sounds yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. I think of like unboxing videos and just the way the rails would hit the ice yeah. and their turns and the way their heads were. Like they did a really good job capturing yeah. cool the bobsledding, which as a kid, I think I really liked as well. Uh, on top of all the other things this movie movie does, uh, you know, it's hilarious, it's fun, it's, it's, it's heartwarming. Um, but I'm really glad we're kind of giving this underrated sports classic uh, so a nod today. So yeah, yeah, it is. I agree with you. Like it is something. As a kid, I was realizing that this movie single-handedly introduced me to two things that I was not really. I didn't know a lot about was the island of Jamaica and <laughs> yeah. and the sport of bobsledding. Like yeah. I, as an eight-year-old kid, when this came out in 1993, it's like. Neither of those things did I really know as being a Northeast Ohio kid, <laughs> you know. Um, so it was, it was super cool to see these characters and this how the storyline develops in this movie. But you're right, even as an adult watching this movie, the intensity of the bobsledding, especially in the scenes of, there's a lot of fun funny scenes. Especially yeah. when they're doing the push car stuff and the fake bobsled in Jamaica. It's funny. 
But the second they make it to Calgary and there's the qualifier, like there is a, it's intense, but there's also like a fear that you're just like, oh, this is like dangerous. I mean, because what does Irv, what does John Candy's character say? He's like, your bones don't, like your bones don't break in a bobsled. They They shatter. Shatter. (laughs) But he says it so like. Yeah, nonchalant. (laughs) Yeah, matter of fact. Um, But it is, they, they made it so intense seeming. Uh, and the sounds of the ice and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's amazing that this made. There's no other movie that makes bobsledding so cool. And whimsical. I don't even know of another one, right? There's not like, a single other one. I, th- yeah. I just don't even know. But you know, yeah. I think. Um, okay, so I've always wanted to ask you this. So you were eight. When mm-hmm. this came out, okay, was this a bullseye? Was this, you know, how did you go about this movie? Do you remember your family going, hey, we got this, another, it's a, di-. what's crazy too is I don't even remember it being like a Disney movie. Yeah. Well, and I think because we were just so programmed, it didn't come in the white, fluffy clamshell case that you don't yeah. think it's Disney. Right. Um, and when we were kids, Disney really was just animated. It was yeah. just starting, I feel like to become more live action when it comes to TV shows and movies and stuff. Um, so I do think that somehow this did just fall into, oh, this looks like a fun kids movie. And my parents bought into it as well because they're just like, kids movie, John Candy, they're sold. Like sure. 100% sold. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I know for sure that this was a rental and this was one, I believe, that if we didn't own the actual VHS of it, it was one that once it hit the television, we pirated it off of the television. <laughs> you know, got to save money somehow. You know, <laughs> we're a lower middle class family of pirates. <laughs> but yeah, how about how about you? What are your early memories of this movie? Mom, you can call in and correct me if I'm wrong. What I love about your family side is that John Candy, boom. F- the reason I asked that question, because I know for me, John Candy was not a thing for my mom. Like, mm. it just wasn't. So I don't remember that being like, we have to see this because he's in it. Right. You know, he he, he was like a, uh, just a character in like Home Alone to us in that yeah. sense, like growing up, like to my mom, right? So, you know, I, I remember it because of my love for track. Oh. And, uh, you know, we get the great scenes of him trying to qualify uh, for the Olympics and and him running and, and him almost Rocky-esque yeah. running through Jamaica, right? Because well, isn't the opening scene is him tying his running shoes to yeah. go on a run, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I just, God, it looks so beautiful. You know, here I am in the desert in a winter parka. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I loved that aspect and I don't really even know if it hit me that this was, I, it, it still hits me that when he falls in the qualifying race, like this movie's not about track anymore. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like what? <laughs> so I, I remember that. And, and it's interesting. I, I, this is me maybe misremembering. I thought we had the clamshell case for, for Cole Runnings. Mm-hmm. We might not have, but I, I do remember having the VHS. I'm going to have to ask my mom. My mom has kept all of those clamshell cases. So I'll have to see if that's that's one of them. But it, it was, I remember, an all-white casing and then a yeah. colorful font and stuff like that, which I thought was pretty different. But, yeah, it was my love for track um, that got me uh, It really, really on, um, on board with this. So much that I remember just kind of... For a long, probably a long time, rewatching the first twenty five minutes mm. because of those track moments because I thought that That's was just so cool. And I never, 
what does that say? Like, oh, old old Yeller, spoiler alert, old Yeller never died. The people posit at that before all that happened. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he win and won the Olympics. He set records. I never became bobsledders. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of where it got for me, you know, just, and, and I do feel like this is one that we had on a lot because it's like one of those things where we do a rewatch of something and I'm like, God, I know every word. Yeah. You know, there it is. There is something about this movie that there is a ton of one-liners, um, and even the music too. Mm-hmm. I uh, I had my Leo DiCaprio moment <laughs> when I was watching this the other day. That it's showing uh, John Candy, you know, Leon, uh, Dougie, Doug, Hans Zimmer, and I'm like the guy that made the Dark Knight trilogy music score and Inception did the music score to Cool Runnings. <laughs> like That's why I'm so like, good. What, the, what in the world? But it is. I specifically. Like I joked at the beginning, I'm feeling very Olympic today. His music score in between like the fun reggae Jamaican music is very Olympic, is very uh, event, big event, big fight feel sort of stuff. But I was so shocked that I'm like, Hans Zimmer, cool runnings. This doesn't make any sense. But it, uh, it, yeah, it's no wonder why it sticks for sure. Yeah. You know, I think of, um, you talked about John Candy, uh, as I got, as I watch it now, and we talk about like Uncle Buck and Home Alone and just all the great, you know, and I always wish John Candy was still with us. Like, this is such a weird shift for him. Big time. Because he's not until later in the movie the candy we kind of know in other movies. And I, it's I still think, a subtle version of that candy, too. Yeah. yeah. I, ref, I relate so much now because I'm like, is that me? <laughs> Grumpy <laughs> and smashing radios and just miserable. I love when he, you know, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but I love when he's looking at the photo of himself because Eric and I reference this a lot. There's like a <laughs> meme that goes around when the before your video game plays, it's this black TV and you see yourself. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, I love when he's like, look at me then. Look at me now. And I'm like, <laughs> that's all of us. <laughs> I, just, I love that. But it's, I, I think John Candy's golden. He's hilarious. Yes. But I love him in this, like, just, uh, you know, I don't know. There's something about this character. Yeah. Um, especially like a, a grumpy, washed up guy who yeah. it's like uh, to be this Olympic athlete who then gets shunned because of cheating. Yeah. And, and that you retire all the way down in Jamaica and, I'm assuming is he the bar owner in the movie? Because he's ripping, he rips so. posters off the wall, and he breaks a pool cue yeah. and a radio. Like, That's a collectible. <laughs> You're not gonna tape that back. Yeah, <laughs> I hope he's a he's the owner. Um, you know, that's another scene I love. Right, Sanka and uh, you know, and and Derek are uh, getting they get they need a coach as a track kid. Uh, you know. I, uh, your father ran it in 10 flat. I run it in 9.9. Nine. Dude, that is <laughs> like when you hear the rock's music. Seriously. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I run it in 9.9. Nine. Yes. yes. Track, I mean, that's what I always wanted to say to someone when I, oh, I have this time. No, I have this time. I thought that scene <laughs> is just so Young good. Young David's like, tell him you're going to hit the jets, Jerese. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my DiCaprio moment. <laughs> yeah, nine, nine. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> he did say it in such a confident way. I, I do it in nine, nine. Like yeah. he just says it so intense. Yeah. But it, um, he, um, it is funny when you even think about Jerese, like he, he was such a good character in this that like taught me as a young kid that it's just like, look at this leadership, look at this kindness, look at this yeah. acceptance, even though he was 
robbed of an opportunity in his main sport in such a horrible way. Yeah. He he ad- adapted and realized I can take my championship mentality and pivot into something else. And then I realized <laughs> that I didn't realize it as a kid, but as an adult, in the same year that Cool Runnings, you have him playing to Reese Bannock, Leon Robinson's his name. He then also plays a villain henchman <laughs> in Cliffhanger. <laughs> and in the movie Cliffhanger oh, yeah. with uh, Sylvester Stallone, he gets in an ice cave fight scene and actually gets killed by a stalactite. That <laughs> you have, uh, you have Stallone Eight. literally shoulder press him above his head into a stalactite in the same year. So he has quite a a movie arc. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. with ice, especially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a good a good winter experience. Really bad winter experience. <laughs> well, that's what happens. I mean, they didn't. They, you know, spoiler. We know what happens in the end of Cool Running. So you know, you live long enough. Yeah, to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, you know, I think of actually, I just referenced this with my students about how we had an uh, there was a Olympian in the news and one of our recent things, and and I was like, do you know how hard it takes to work for something that for four years? Yeah. To get this moment, right? I think of Eight Mile. It's your moment, and then <laughs> I clearly don't know that song. Um, I, th- I he. <laughs> Track has shown us though you you can maybe come back, but dude, that's a that's a sport like many of the Olympic sports that's just gonna pass you by. You get your shot. If you don't make it, sorry. Yeah, he was gonna represent his country. Yeah. you know, and when he fell and the dirt kicks up and you see his girlfriend's face and the I mean he was yeah not a, not even gonna he was gonna win this thing right. It's just heartbreaking, but you're right. He never gives up. He's like well. I'm going to do something else. Because I think they said it was boxing mm. or bobsledding, right? And, yeah, I think so, yeah. And uh, I think they were talking, like, he doesn't want, you know, I don't blame the man. No one wants to get hit in the face and listen to that. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I'm going to do the next, this next thing. And, you know, he talks to Sanka. We get that at the beginning of the movie, too, the great, uh, what is it, boxcar derby. Pushcart box, derby. Pushcart, yeah. you know, and he's got the helmet on. And it's just it's just a great, fun fun scene. But, like, he, they're building their team together, you know, and that's when they meet. Uh, John Candy. My love for this is when they showed the video and all of the the the, the falls and the wipeouts. Oh yeah. And but John Candy's watching it <laughs> so just like you said nonchalantly, and a lot of this like this is it. You know, this is what you guys are getting yourselves into. <laughs> and of course, I love the reveal that no one is left sitting there. <laughs> you know, but John, I'll never get that memory. Of then um, the 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 enforcer, as I like to call him, when he comes in and he's like, "I just want to get out of Jamaica. I'll do whatever it takes." And they're arguing back and forth. You look at John Candy, and I'm, I know this is a podcast, but he's just sitting on the po- pedal <laughs> yeah. uh, the podium with his hand, just like I think that's not. We talk about this a non a non speaking line. Yeah, but he portrays just this grump of just like. This, yeah. this is where I'm at now. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that's how, that's parenting sometimes too. Like, I'm not going to say anything. But I love little moments like that that Candy gives us in yes. all of his movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, I love that man, he, man. Just underrated. I'm it, not underrated. I, I, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. I just wish he was still here, I guess. So yeah. I, I do feel like he was a very fleeting, you know, like a, burning shooting star but it's like we only got him for 44 years and that's super disappointing um especially as i get closer and closer that i'm like 44 is not that far like gosh that's insane um 
and he had two children like that he that were i think eight and 13 when he passed like it's yeah did they ever go on to acting I, that's something awesome. no but you know. look at his his son and his daughter and they the john candy genes are strong like <laughs> like you see it in the center of both of their faces you're just like oh that's candy man like it's just like they have this sweetness to them that i've never heard them speak I've only seen them on like Google image search and I'm like, I like you both already yeah. <laughs> like just because of that lineage. Um, but no, it, uh, I, I do, I specifically like have like I, I rewatching this, I, I realized how much John Candy is in far more of a dramatic role in this. Mm-hmm. He's not really the comic relief in it. Um, Senka is Dougie, yeah. du- like a Dougie Doug's the actor's name. Like he, um, he by far, he's who I was laughing at the most yeah. as a kid and the most as an adult still too. Yeah. Like to be introduced to this wild I'm the driver. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's just like straight up bullying these kids. <laughs> like the second you see him, they're doing all the manual labor. He, he's just telling them what to do. And he's sitting there drinking a Coke. Like he's not doing anything. What um, people don't know is that before every podcast, Eric kisses his lucky egg. I've seen him do it. <laughs> Pull it out of my waistband and kiss the lucky egg. <laughs> I asked everybody else, you know, you want to kiss the lucky egg? And they're like, no. <laughs> Hasilla says no. Iron Man says no. <laughs> Stacy definitely says no. <laughs> that I'll tell you now. That egg had to be hard boiled. There's no way that was a raw egg. <laughs> to make it through uh, Canadian bobsledding at like 70 miles an hour, that ain't happening. Um, but he was. He was this. He was so funny and so clearly established in this movie as like, oh, okay, this is the guy that's going to give me the zingers, the one liners. Um, but it's weird. I ended up looking up just to see uh, different parts of this movie, uh, if it was real or not. And the pushcart uh, derby is a thing in Jamaica. Like it okay. was it was a tradition for a very long time. And I think it was for like a 15 or 16 year period. They kind of did away with it and then they brought it back. Um, but it was the put. This is not a made up. You would think Disney, like how do we get kids like excited about this, let's make up this thing called a push card derby. But no, that that is an actual uh, tradition in Jamaica that I had no clue, which is pretty neat. That is really cool. Yeah. I've never, um, trying to think of the parallels between that and then how they get to the bobsledding. And that's kind of what I love too. Like we see the we see the makeup there of why they could be good at this, right? Yes. I just love though... <laughs> Yeah, as a kid, young David. Yeah, sure, this could all work. But I love when they realize they've never ran on ice. (laughs) They're fastest in the world, but they've never... How do you do it on ice? And then as I'm sitting there as an adult, I'm like... Oh, yeah. But I think there's even that scene where it's just like, I think they're all standing in an ice rink and they're looking at people skating in Calgary and they're like, oh, that's super easy. And then they (laughs) all biff at the same time. Yeah. Uh, But I even like that Junior... Junior, who's tripped both Yule and Doris. Junior. It, yeah. Even when you rewatch it now, I never pay attention that when he falls on the ice, he takes Yule Brenner down oh. with him. <laughs> like So even in those moments, he can't just fall on his own. He has to bring other oh, people down man. with him. Oh, I did not like Junior as a kid. That I'm just no. like, you ruined you ruined this Olympic opportunity. Yeah. Um, and he just seems, he just seemed very, um, 
He didn't seem as strong as the other characters yeah. when I was a kid. Well, not until later when he has the bathroom scene. That's true. Yeah. What do you see? Who do you see? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and I, I was going to ask you that too, because uh, I feel like for the past 30 years, I stand in front of my mirror every morning before coffee and say, I have pride. I have power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. <laughs> That's my I, mantra. <laughs> I do the same. And then I go and try to tell Harper to clean her room. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I definitely didn't like Junior. I was afraid of Yule because, dude, that dude, you know, but then Sanka's got those great lines of like, how about I get a, a marker and draw a, a line down your, you know, your head and it looks like a butt crack, like stuff like that. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're right. Like he was hilarious um, and all the angst he pulled and, um, you know, we talked about the him being in the freezer truck and breaking off his braid and all that. I think those are some of the best parts of the movie at the beginning, uh, almost like they're, uh, another Rocky montage, but in uh, not so such a good way because uh, <laughs> they're in that silver. Well, he, what is he? Candy goes like, here's your bobsled. Well, sort of, you yeah. know, and it's like that silver shoot with yeah. some wheels and they're trying to do a qualifying time just on their own. Right. And he's got the time, the, the, the stopwatch and all that. And they've just terrible crashes. But what I love is like candy starting to, he's, he's starting to get more invested. And when they finally get, the, the 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 qualifying time candy's running down the hill yeah you did it you did it you know and the cops are like what are you guys doing and candy's like get out of the way you did it you know it's showing the stop clock on the you guys okay uh, yeah, yeah good carry it back on up and we gotta go again but like that is such a all, all their hard work now everyone's starting to, to 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 buy in which leads to other great moments where you're right candy does have more dramatic roles because we realize this is just the beginning of kind of their hardships yeah um, which is interesting i'd love to also explore more the um culture or the um yeah maybe the culture around bobsledding because it was mm. very clear that jamaica did not belong no on many levels. Yes. Right? Yes. When you think of the Swiss team or um, maybe the Canadian team. Just, yeah. I don't know. It just, there there were, I felt like this movie threw in some extra layers. For sure. Yeah. I, I would a thousand percent agree with that because it, um, for people that don't know, this is loosely based on an actual 1988 Jamaican bobsled team. And that I would assume there were not any people of color in 1988 and prior yeah. um, in the Winter Olympics as a whole, let alone the sport of bobsledding. Um, so yeah, they do they do show and depict a lot of that tension. Um, I know even with the Swiss team, it's like I didn't even really pay attention as a kid that that was the Swiss team because with the name Josef Gruhl <laughs> and a very, very strong German type accent, um, you know, little World War II vibes going on in there. Um, I just like that even in a bobsledding film, we need an Ivan Drago and that <laughs> Ivan Drago's name, Josef Gruhl. <laughs> but I hate, I hated him in this movie. He was, he was mean. I'm like, yeah. why are you being mean to these four really sweet guys like these guys that are just like there to try to make something of like a, this mishap to like not have their olympic experience and to have an olympic experience and represent their nation for the first time that i was just like yeah yosef what the heck are you doing get the heck out of here i hate you right. yeah no yeah he was he was a jerk and i think that's what we get with that bar scene that we'll talk about later and and just uh you know just every sports movie that has, I think of like the replacements or I think of even, even the Mighty Ducks when it's, you know, 
when there's a, like a, a fight scene or mm. like an interaction when they're not in their sporting uh, event or whatever, it's always fun. It's just it like is. kind of classic, you yeah. know. Um, but that's how like they, they that's how they come together. That's how yeah. Yule and Junior came together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they bonded, and 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 he's like, I can I can help this guy, you know. So I th- I think of like talking about their shoot they were using in Jamaica, and then they they realized they're gonna go. Um, they they raise their money. <laughs> All the scenes about them raising their money to get there. Sanka doing his songs. I think he said he raised a dollar sixty. Oh no, did he even raise a dollar? I, I, I don't was, know. I'll give yeah, you a dollar to shut up. He said, <laughs> you know. But the kissing booth, yeah, um, stuff like that. As a kid, I totally glossed over all that uh-huh. i was just like oh yeah whatever what did you do you remember those as a kid and being like i don't know do you have any you know thoughts on that i uh i i feel like i do remember i do remember that part of the kissing booth and i remember specifically when Darius is enjoying it way too much and he's just eyes closed expecting the next person and yeah the girlfriend is just like you're in and she points like (laughs) you know but then Sanka's up and then it's an old old lady I remember dying at that you know Um, but it made me think of stuff we did as kids for sporting events but honestly for me it was like selling chocolate yeah candy bars yeah and then car washes Mm -hmm. you know but it's just like a really fun time to go back and think about how did we how to re- raise money yeah, yeah we, and, we and, had candy bars um, there was a period of time where we sold french bread pizzas for oh. school yeah frozen french bread pizzas and uh popcorn like the popcorn tins that had like the cheddar popcorn oh the yes corn, I did those the boy scouts yeah yeah and all of it was like mail or i remember handing the catalog over yeah and you had to fill out the little by hand the little like excel sheet on the back <laughs> <laughs> like with your name squeeze your address into this tiny little box next to it yeah. and then wait three months for <laughs> you to get it in the mail the, like yeah. the people who made those scantron tests made those same forms yeah. like the tiniest <laughs> little boxes then yes. you go back next year hey i'm selling these again Oh, great. You know, uh, how'd you like yours? Oh, they haven't came yet. Oh, just buy some more. It'll all ship at once. I don't know if people ever got their mail in products, no dude. I mean, I, you know, I remember the catalog of like, this is what you could win for selling all that stuff. Yeah. I hope the winner eventually got theirs because the, the products were always so cool looking in these catalogs, but yeah. I never won. I don't know anyone who ever won, and I don't know if anyone ever received. Like, I remember it being like a little stereo boombox. Yeah. Did anyone ever get any of that stuff, or was those just pictures? <laughs> you know? I feel like if we pulled together all of our friends from the 80s and 90s, we would realize that it was all a pyramid scheme, <laughs> that nobody got the mail-ordered stuff, <laughs> and nobody won a single prize. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, it was all a scam. It's like gardening. Go sell all the stuff for six months for a product you could buy in a month if you just saved your money. Uh, yeah. Go grow all this stuff up for three cucumbers and a carrot the size of my pinky finger. <laughs> or just go to the grocery store. It's true. Not anyone, uh, I you know, that's not a, a knock on farming. I live in the Midwest there. Um, I want the farmers corn, showing The up corn here. capital of the world, yep. So, you know, they eventually do get all their money, right? As a kid, I remember Junior coming in when he that duffel bag of money right Mm. there it is out on the table (laughs) i'll never forget when he goes i'm giving it to you doris you know and uh, and uh john candy again john candy just looks at him like 
it's a pretty heavy decision here, but you know, yeah. everyone's like, and he's like, well, we have it. You know, he's that character is such a good, like you said, a leader. And he's mm-hmm. like, he was the one who was going to go win it all. But here he is like, this is for us. We're yeah. doing this, you know? And he's like, I'm, and then you was like, I'm going to Jamaica. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, they all have their just great personalities and great characters. I, I just love the leadership aspect. And I cannot wait to show this movie to Harper for sure. And, yeah, Mara. I always forget the second child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's just so many great qualities he has there. Now, of course, what I love about our movies, that we especially sports movies as a kid, you know, um, uh, um, uh, um, but uh, Coach Bombay. Oh yeah, he loses his way throughout the movie mm-hmm. and has to find his way back. You know, uh, Doris loses his way a little bit. He gets a little yeah. too much involved with the Swiss, yeah. um, you know, but like I, that's another thing I was thinking about with our movies as kids, there is a roller coaster ride for the leader. Mm-hmm. And I love that Doris goes through, through it. Um, um, but in this moment, I just love how he's very like, this is for all of us, you know? And yeah. so they, 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 they go and you think, you think uh, I mean they had what they had for their race and uh, for their for their practices in Jamaica totally fine the thing the bobsled that they're given yeah oh my the goodness the death trap <laughs> yeah even as a kid i was like no, <laughs> don't do that, it guys that can't that can't be good you know the silver sheet of death yeah. you know it was that was crazy yeah uh, it uh, i do i feel like yeah so clearly I, especially it's a weird thing considering it's like yeah you see that giant duffel bag in jamaica and then they make it to calgary and suddenly all they can afford is this yeah this steel death trap it's just like oh i guess maybe jamaican money doesn't convert to canadian money in the way that i think it does <laughs> there were things falling off off of it screws yeah. and you know and and the, yeah but they get their their I, I lo- i'll never forget that scene either um uh, this is a, a, a reverse action of if I saw the uh, uh, Korean team from Best of the Best, I'd have that same just like how everyone stops and uh-huh. stares. <laughs> but in this case, it's bad for them because everyone's like, what, what is going yeah. on here? Yeah. Like, not even a peep, right? Yeah. As they're, they're, they're coming out. But when well, I also I love the comedy aspect that right before when before they even make it to the Olympic campus in Calgary, when they land in Calgary. And none of them have winter attire. And I love that John Candy just walks right out into it. And yeah. just like, I think he just slightly pulls up his, his uh, coat collar. Like, I don't, this is all, I'm used to this. I was, bu- I was born in it. <laughs> you know, this is, I was born in the cold. Um, but I love when like, like Sanka and everybody is just like, oh no, this ain't happening. And he takes his duffel bag and <laughs> just wears it over his head. Just his face is peeking out. And yeah, like they're just like I. I think even John Candy's just like, is this too cold for you, fellas? And it's like, yeah, yeah they're from Jamaica. <laughs> the Bane reference. They were not even adopted under the cold. You know. Oh gosh, that was horrible, Bane. I'm so sorry. So bad. I a bunch of marbles right before I did that. Uh, but yeah, you know, like yeah, they had no idea. And is it that scene where he kind of goes in the door, then comes back out? And, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's probably what I did when I got to Ohio the first time. <laughs> well, I think uh, even Doris looks at Sanka and goes, what are you smoking, Sanka? And he's like, I'm not smoking. I'm just breathing. <laughs> I'm just breathing, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's super funny. That's just great, you know. And and they go through their, their trials and, and practices, and they hear about, you know, Irv Blitzer's um, past, you know, m- 
big big mistakes. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, the the uh, Drake was like, "That's no big deal," you know, when he was told about the cheating. Yeah. Um, and then kind of the the just some some growing there for him, and like the weight of like the, the how the guy was like your whole country and getting stripped of all your titles and yeah. being a disgrace and all that. You know, it was like um. I don't know, just a, a learning moment. But we talk about this too with some of these movies, like how there's redemption. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another reason why I still think Cool Runnings has a lot of staying power because, you know, there is some redemption there. And, and we've seen that with our heroes uh, in, in, in tw- 20 to 30 years later. Yeah. Maybe they've made mistakes throughout that time. But yeah, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting. And then we kind of, as a kid, I'll never forget their 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 first time trial was at night. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, I just thought that was sick. Like, yes, and even when that scene hits now, I'm just like, oh my, it, it's just something different about them doing that at night. Yes, well, and it's also because I feel like leading up to, I like, I feel like there's so many times that you and I, you would think that we wrote the same notes for the ep- our episodes <laughs> because I have in my notes that I specifically remember the because right before the nighttime qualifier is the uniform reveal, yeah, where John Candy. Has them like it, like it's just a you don't even see him and he's just right. like you gotta look the part sort of thing and flips the light switch on you got the yellow helmets you got the representation of the Jamaican flag but They're predominantly a, yeah of like a black suit yeah. um, and even just like the the way that they filmed the excitement in all four of them's faces and it, specifically with Doris that I feel like when Doris like sees it and he gets up slowly and looks at it that he understands that like oh there's this isn't just messing around in a push car in Jamaica. This just got real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when they're all suited up and the the Hans Zimmer music is just a, sounding a, just slightly Olympic the first time, it's like, you know, and it shows their feet walking on the ice, coming up to the steel death trap that isn't yeah. painted yet. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, them picking to do it at nighttime and even what Ir- Irv's ex-coach is just like, oh, we know you. We said we had to do it in a minute too. Now you we have to do it in a minute flat. And, I, and I'm going to be the judge. Yeah, I'll be up in the tower. You're just like another hammer hit on these guys. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I, I I remember this being really the first scene where just like you talked at the beginning of the episode, the intensity of the sounds of bobsledding. Mm-hmm. It was so intense in that I'm moment. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of it. Yeah, the way they filmed that. Yeah. Well, because even if you think about it, when it, when they're walking up to the like the track to take off, it has this subtle, whimsical, Olympic-sounding music. But the second they actually make it down the chute, there is no music. Right. It's just the sounds of the ice and the clanging and the banging, the the, the steel and all that and stuff. The swiftness and yeah, you know? it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. And then I feel like when they cross that finish line. And you have the back and forth between John Candy and the watchers, like a watchtower. Like, what's the time? What's the time? What's the time? And all four of them pull their helmets off so quickly and yeah. look at that yeah. clock. Yeah, the big clock. And it's clock, like yeah. 59. It's like just a just a hair under 60 seconds. Such a cool scene. Such yes. a cool scene. Yeah, I get I really, you know, it's the the way they did it. Here's something that I love about movie magic and why we do this and why we still have a love for this stuff because we know in our heads that they'll qualify. Yes. Otherwise, right. the movie's over. Uh, the credits would roll, <laughs> and we're just like, "Well, that was 
short-lived. Uh, <laughs> you know, so we know that. But they made you think they wouldn't. Like, they made yeah. you forget all of what had happened before and what's going to happen after. And you're locked in. Yes. And you're almost in this bobsled with them, checking that time, too. It was yeah. so well done and just kind of scary of how... Oh. No, I'm not... not I would not be signing up for a bobsled race anytime <laughs> no. soon. I'll tell you that much. You're like, hitting like 80 miles an hour. Like and and just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. I don't even ride wooden roller coasters anymore, <laughs> so I'm not getting on a bobsled. I'll never forget their, 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 their uniforms lined up, the yellow helmets hanging off, you know, and all, all lined up next to each other in the shower. I love that, too, with, ki- with our movies as kids, the uniform reveal. And, and yeah. it's always something special and it, like you said their bobsled hadn't been painted yet but when they got there because we had seen the swiss and they're all red yes. and, the, and white and sleek and skin tight you know like just like <laughs> just like molded perfection yeah right yeah um i guess they've avoided all the chocolate out there i, I don't know uh, <laughs> which but, i don't know how you're doing that in a wintry climate because i can't avoid it in this wintry climate <laughs> It's my fuel for like six months. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I hear you, man. Like I, yeah, they, but they looked so cool. Yeah. We referenced the Power Ranger. We did it, you know, our Power Ranger episode, like these, you, these, these were like that. Very way, much so. Yeah. You know, and colorful and just, but when Jamaica got theirs, I was like black, green and, and, and yellow. Mm-hmm. It looked sick. It did. I mean, they were just so cool looking. Well, because I um, feel like it's it's the immediate scene. It's like it's supposed to be like the next morning. They're shining the front end of their newly painted, which it's impressive as somebody who's done paint projects, you know, within <laughs> they did a, a, twel- a good job in sub-zero temperatures. Somehow it's perfectly done. <laughs> like, you know, we'll, we'll write off that movie magic part of it and, you know, chalk it up to that. But um, once seeing that gray, you know, bobsled of death being painted like that and so glossy and it matches the suits that you just saw in the nighttime trial, that, and they're so happy. They're all drinking their their glass bottles of Coke. They keep cheersing, and it's just they're all they're giddy. They're yeah. giddy that they're like we're we're Olympic bobsledders now. We qualified for the Olympics, and I just it's it's the typical sort of um, pivot in the movies that we love the most. Of like you were saying, they get hit with the the time trial being changed and the ex-coach of Irv just being a jerk, um, the Swiss Josef Gruhl being a jerk. He's a jerk, but that coach you talked about just now, he's yeah. such a villain. Well, and especially Doesn't... in this scene for it to pivot to be like, it's for John Candy to say, we're disqualified. Yeah. They got to celebrate for two seconds and now they're disqualified. Such a jerk. Doesn't like that, he have that, that classic villain face though? He does. Like, he does. Um, you know, I, I'm blanking, but like a James Bond villain yes. or, you yeah. know, um, Die Hard, Cliffhanger. He just has the hairline, hair and like chin. And I'm like, he's such a villain, that <laughs> yeah. guy. You know, and mean looking. It's oh, like, very mean looking. Not, yeah. 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 Well, because, and I feel like he's just. Him, him, and the Yosef guy by far are like the the main opposition throughout this whole movie, and this is one of those moments though where it, it further proves that this was not a comedic role for John Candy. This was right. a dramatic role, and when he by far this is the best Candy scene when he barges into that boardroom, yeah, and he, I just love the fact, and there's these visual cues too. 
that like he was not fully invested in the idea of having a Jamaican bobsled team. But if you realize now when he makes it into that boardroom, he has a Jamaican scarf on and everybody else in the room has dark colors. Everybody has dark colors. Everybody looks villain. And it's typical like 90s villain because that ex-coach has like a big black bulky leather jacket on and a black turtleneck. Like they're really just like, this guy's a jerk. And look at colorful John Candy. He's the (laughs) hero here. Um, But it's there's no one-liners. There's no comedy. There's no anything. And I just love the fact that he has a his his little coach speech, like every... uh, Every movie that has a good coach, there needs to be a good coach speech. And I feel like this is his first one where he's like, it doesn't matter tomorrow if they come first or 50th. Those guys have earned the right to walk into that stadium and wave their nation's flag. That's the single greatest honor an athlete can ever have. That's what the Olympics are all about. And convinces these guys, how dare you take that away from them? Like a brilliant John Candy scene that's not even remotely funny. And no, he delivered he says, it perfectly. Channelize me, hurt yes. me, take it out on me, but not these guys. Not my yeah. guys. Yeah, I think he said, not my guys. Yeah. Like, you, you hit the nail on the head. He he didn't want to do this, obviously, from the start, right? He was right. like, I'm, 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 I'm a disgrace. I'm in Jamaica for, like, to be never seen again. Right. And, uh, and, and that's my life now. And then mm-hmm. these guys who, who, who not a disgrace, but they lost out on their chance, want a chance still, and you've got that coming together. But mm-hmm. it took a while. Dude, Jamaica did. didn't even want the bobsled team. Let's That's be true. real, right? Like, they yeah. were against it, too. But they were like, there's no, how? How are you guys going to do this, you know? So it all comes together. And I think it is, like you said, one of the best just scenes he's done and, and, the, and for movies and sports movies of, like, they deserved it. They've earned it. You yes. know, I know I've messed up. Mm-hmm. But don't punish them. I know I you hate me. I'm a disgrace to you in this sport. I understand that. But these guys did nothing wrong, and they right. are worked their butt off to get here. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just so good. I even think back to the scene where we talked about that 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 um, you know, shiny or not shiny, but you know, the death machine they're first given. Dude, he did. He he did. He came without a a bobsled. Yeah. And he was even like you came all this way and you don't even have a bobsled. He's so like he he he's so I'm going to say it, he's so vulnerable. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not a word I thought I was going to use talking about cool runnings. Yeah. But he's like he's begging and pleading for these guys to get their shot and right. and he believes in them and so much. It's just really 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 beautiful um and uh, what does he? He does what I, <laughs> what I do pretty poorly. I try, but uh, he 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 goes back to them right, and they're all waiting. What mm-hmm. what? So oh, what they say, you know? And he fakes it right, like yeah. like it's bad news, but it's good news. Uh-huh. I love doing that. I and yeah. everyone already knows, like. <laughs> David, <laughs> you know, come on. But like, <laughs> they just have to sit there for like ten seconds and be like, "I know what you're about to do, but just go he's ahead." Really and do dragging it. this. <laughs> he thinks he's having a John Candy moment. He's not having. If a you John think Candy a podcast moment. is long, you should watch me do those <laughs> moments. <laughs> I'm scout still waiting for an answer from a year ago on something. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. oh, that's super fun. But it, it that was a big reveal. I do remember as a kid um, that there was because they had. None of the people in the boardroom gave any sort of response as he right. left. And so, yeah, for that next scene to be in the hotel room, and they're all just, like, waiting. Yeah, like, I, I love that, and I love that it pivots, and they're like, we're back! Like, it's just, and they all hug each other. 
such a great scene and and so clearly like this team is now fully unified um and it is it is funny like you mentioned just like that the word vulnerable that's like you wouldn't expect that that's how you would describe a movie like this and there's a lot of things especially in the final kind of um pinnacle moments of this movie from this point on of them having because it's, it's three is it three runs that they do that they do one run that's just like embarrassing yeah yeah that it's just like even though you had all of this hype all of these great things it's embarrassing it's like one of them doesn't even fully get into the bobsled right and everybody everybody's watching in jamaica like oh god this, like they were excited and now they're all just like, oh no, this is horrible. We're going to be embarrassed on an international planetary scale. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> like, was watching in the bar, right? Yeah. All stoked, but yeah, bad, bad run. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like in these, the, the final like 10 to 15 minutes of the movie is where, yes, there were a lot of lessons to be learned throughout this movie, but at the same time, there was a lot of comedy and a lot of hijinks and a lot of Senka sort of moments, yeah. but not in the last like 15 minutes. Right. Um, the last 15 minutes is what cements this in my mind as uh, a great sports movie. Like uh, it gives me like miracle vibes, Oh, like, for which sure. I guarantee you'll probably be <laughs> an episode at, at another I point too. I love that movie. Miracles, yeah. also Disney. Um, I, I feel like you have moments like this in, in Mighty Ducks, like you referenced. Yeah. Um, and this is right up there, is right up there with them. And I don't know about you, David, but like when you were a kid and even as an adult watching this, um, I know that you said that you have those chill inducing moments for the qualifier, but how, what were your, what are your emotions in, when they're heading into the final run in this movie? I mean, you've got the buildup to that was insane because I also think of like Junior and his dad actually coming yeah, there and that's like true. taking I him. About that, you know, like it's just like you, you, yes, they're all together, and then boom, what's the next thing? Oh, it's his dad. Yeah, and he like stands up for himself, and 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 we get a really great moment later. But it's like I would, I, I'm. It's uh, the reason I love sports. I mean. And it's the and it's a great movie for this. Like I was hyped, and I was just like, kind of like a win, lose, or draw. Here we go, you yeah. know. And again, the way they filmed everything, and the way they, they here's something we haven't said. They were the underdogs. I mean, clearly, but I yeah. mean, they were really like not even meant to be there, right? Um, and yeah, I I would love to know if there's a you said I know this is like based partially. I wonder if they ever anyone ever made like a documentary on. The real I, team. It's funny. I've never found. I never found an actual documentary on it, but I did look up specifically. The true story behind it is none of these names are real. Irv Blitzer didn't exist. Oh, that's Coffee. a great name, though. <laughs> it's Irv, true. Yeah. Irv, Irv Blitzer. Um, but none of them existed. It was literally based on a guy who was like an ex-U.S. embassy employee in Jamaica, and he would revisit Jamaica from time to time because he made friends there, and. Um, he went down there for like a wedding, uh, ran into this guy who is like an ex-Jamaican soccer player. They had a conversation about the fact that he thought sprinters would make really good bobsledders. And so that that part of it is true. And uh, and he specifically did watch the push car derby in okay. Jamaica and made that connection. And he worked with this the Jamaican soccer player that, of course, they couldn't. You're not going to find 
you're not going to find like a Usain Bolt who decides to be like, yeah, I'm not going to sprint anymore. I'm going to do bobsledding. Like it ain't going to happen. I'm going to so, switch to where the sport's going to shatter my bones. <laughs> yeah. I want to go from dominating and being the icon to being last place. It's like, no, thank you. Um, it's like when but, I tell yeah, I was great in the winter. Sure. <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> but they ended up having to actually look at the Jamaican military that had sports teams and they found oh. the fastest two fast sprinters in the Jamaican military um and then they put together a team of of four and it wasn't as ragtag apparently and as last minute as the movie <laughs> like they actually like had like a, I think it's like close to a year to actually get ready for it um but yeah when I looked that up the guy's names the real team is uh Devon Harris Dudley Stokes Michael White Freddie Powell and Chris Stokes and Chris Stokes was the brother of Dudley that he actually okay. had to come in and be a backup at one point. Um, but no, like uh, I, I saw an interview with one of the guys, I think it was one of the Stokes brothers that specifically said that only about 1% of this movie is true. And that part is the crash, <laughs> that the crash yeah. did happen. <clears throat> um, and, Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> like, I didn't even build up to it. Um, but no, it, it is interesting um, that they, they competed in two and four man bobsledding. So historically, the first two, the first Jamaicans to bobsled was a two-man bobsled in the same 1988 Calgary Olympics. Oh wow! Yeah, the two-man two was first, and then the four-man came later. I didn't even know two-man existed. Um, yeah, wow. Well, and they even have one man where you go down head first, and there's like you're literally on just a sled. It's called the skeleton, which is appropriate because you're just going to break your skeleton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm on the no man team. That's uh, what I'm on. I mean, yeah, you know, that's a that's a really cool story, and I and I do love that that one percent is true because young David's sitting there, you know, hyped, super stoked, wanting this is a sports movie. So in my head, I'm like, yeah, they're gonna win it all. Somehow they're gonna go from dead last to winning. <laughs> again, young David, toys do not move by themselves. Um, you know, they they get that run and then you start seeing the little screws shimmy and, yeah. and now they're like, wait a minute, what? And they're and they were their run was solid up until it was. Then, right? They're they hitting were every moving. turn. Yeah. Not not losing any time on those turns. And then you're like, you're seeing the, and then the middle gear or like uh, the handle thing inside the car is messing up. And you're like, what, what, what? And of course you get, it is even hard to even watch now, honestly. Like I don't even like watching that scene the way they crash because it's just, they don't, I don't even know how they filmed that because um, with the way their necks and the way they turned over. Yeah. And like they do not, sp they really show their necks on the walls. As yes. it's moving, and so it's a hard thing to really watch, to be honest, because it's it's done so well. Well, they're um, doing eighty miles an hour. And yeah, I don't care if you're wearing a helmet. Eighty miles an hour, and you're rubbing no. against the ice like that. Whew. No, yeah, yeah, that, that it's the, with the intensity. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, it, it's hard to watch. Um, uh, I but, do blame the I do blame the announcer though. I realize as watching this as an adult, did he jinx them? He jinxed them. Oh. <laughs> they're going down and they're going super fast. And he references how fast they're going, and then he says, "Even though they have a rickety sled," and I'm like, "You son of a, you jinxed them. You didn't say it." <laughs> Much like the NFL, it's rigged. Uh, we try and keep it. We don't stare a lot of like. We try and keep the, the podcast like relevant for so years and stuff. We're trying to say, but there's one. But actually, I really do think this is cool too. That we are discussing a movie 
cool runnings in Black History Month. So that's oh, yeah. another another really cool cool thing for the pod. But yeah, I mean that that Here moment. Here we are just thinking, oh, winter movie. It's the winter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like it was not planned, folks. But we'll take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. If the cold's coming to kill us, it's gonna kill you too. But through the pod. <laughs> but um, in winter, your bones don't break. <laughs> they, they shatter. <laughs> and then freeze, and then remold again. Um, yeah. I I, I. I. Would you ask me? Young David probably would say like, oh, they should have won. But then knowing what we get with that scene, them picking up the bobsled and carrying it like, but the reveal of that mm-hmm. and the crowd, the sh- dead quiet. And then the slow claps, you know, like, yeah, but I'll never, that's an image much like in, in some sports movies that I'll never get out of my head is the four of them carrying that sled and walking across the finish line as a team. Yes. And the, uh, the villains are cheering. The Swiss is cheering. The dad is opens his shirt and shows junior. He's a yeah. supporter, you know, like, do I want, what I want them to win or finish obviously, but I don't, I, this is the one time where I'm like, that's actually like better. Yes, it is. You know is. what I mean? I, yeah. I agree with you. And I was talking about this with my wife, Stacy, that I could not for the life of me. You, if you can think of something, David, let me know. But I couldn't for the life of me think of a movie from my childhood or even a modern movie where we were so programmed that the underdog wins. The underdog mm-hmm. comes back. The underdog triumphs. The underdog... Like that you identify all of these villains and those villains will be proven wrong. Mm -hmm. And yet this movie, they lost. They were dead last in the runnings. And yet this movie ends and you don't feel like they lost. Like, and I do think as much as we talk about that, you're just like, oh, I never would have thought about this, that we're describing Terminator 2 in such an emotional way. We're describing planes, trains, and automobiles. In, in oh, like we such did it. We're going to get them to cry. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, it, it is something that there's a few lines in this movie that you start to reconnect more as an adult that maybe yeah. it was in your subconscious as a kid that... Uh, you have Irv's, you have John Candy's character talking with Darice the night before the finals. And he he specifically tells him that a gold medal is a wonderful thing. But if you're not enough without one, you'll never be enough with one. With one. Yeah, that's beautiful. Great. Oh, my God. What a great coach comment. Yeah. But also what a great comment of just like, we're so used to a coach that is like, you got to win. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I'm rock, gonna come, on, yeah, rock, come on, rock, you bum. <laughs> like, but to see in this where it's like, I know you'll probably have, like, you know, you have a lot of older uh, generations that think that the millennials are the generation of everybody gets a trophy and everybody gets a participation award. But this is the example to me where it's just, there's grace in losing. There really yeah. is. And I feel like that this movie taught young Eric that in a sense without me realizing it. Yeah. And and that, yes, like you, I would have loved to have seen them tear across that finish line, <laughs> dominate the Swiss, like, and kick everybody's <laughs> butt. But that's not what happened in the real world. And right. I like that even though this movie had these kind of fun fabrications from the real story, I like that they stuck with the real outcome. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I, and I, brutally filmed. Yes, I mean absolutely. that could have been like also not. 
I don't know. They've, I, yeah, they didn't hold back on that one right. on the crash scene, and mm-hmm. you really felt that you were with them on that too. And then you felt you were walking with them to the finish line. Yeah. Um, they won over everyone, and like you said, they, like John Kane said, you don't need a, me- a medal. Believe in yourself, and you win within yourself. I mm-hmm. just, it's, it's just really, really, really great. Um, I thought of the, you know, my we talk, I referenced the track scene of like how I always want to do that, you know, nine nine. But now we can do it with Eric. Everyone, you know, I cried in ten flat. Eric can be like, I did it in nine nine. <laughs> <laughs> I will always dominate in showing emotion. <laughs> no, it, it is a tear. I mean, I teared up watching that scene as an adult just because you're like, it's just, it is heartbreaking, but it's also like, what is that? Like bittersweet almost? Or, it um, is. Yeah. You know, because there's something about them coming together through it all and still finishing. Yeah. And, 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 and it's like a wrestling trope. Like, you know, when a, when a good, when like, like Brock Lesnar loses, he still like looks strong. Like they still came out strong. They really did great. I mean, yeah, I think it's the sled. The sled is the true villain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie that I I do think as a kid I cared more about the fun and antics, and that's great. That's what it's about. As an adult, though, why it's still relevant and still something we're talking about, and still something I'm gonna re continue rewatch and show is because of. Um, the messages that are just in there. Yes. It's just there. Yeah. This is really good. Well, I, I, yeah. And I feel like when you combine that with the fact that um, this is also, I mean, it, you know, it's 1993 and based on, you know, based on the 1988 Olympics, like you don't like it, good on Disney for actually doing a movie where you have four lead characters are people of color. Mm-hmm. And at a time where it's just, I can't think of any other movie that was that way. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the fact that when you even think about it, there was part of me as an adult at when we were going to do this episode and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's like, they didn't think that these four young actors could carry a movie. So they brought in John Candy. Mm-hmm. It was my like negative thought. And, but then I realized, I'm like, no, John Candy wasn't even, they didn't make him the center of the attention. They didn't right. make him comedic. I like the fact that he played more of a dramatic role. And I was invested in, in all of them. Um, and, and that's, I feel like that's very impressive considering I was an eight-year-old white kid in the Midwest. Sure. And yet I watched these four guys as heroes. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Especially in 1993. That's amazing. Um, and I feel like that, that, yeah, that's one of those things why we need more of that as time, as time goes on. Um, but yeah, you would think, especially with this being like the 30 years of cool runnings, like 93 to 2003. Wow. Yeah. Wouldn't you love for Disney to do a full documentary on the five guys that represented this team? I'd love to see that. Give me the real story behind cool runnings. That would be awesome. I'd love that. And the side by side with the characters who played these, I know it's very loosely based, but it'd be fun to just check in on those, on those guys. I don't know what any of those actors went on to do really. I know the character who played Sanka, he, he does, or Sanka, he, he reminds me of, uh, of an, I think he was in other movies. Yes, but yeah. yeah, I'd love to just see how they're all how they're all doing. Like it is one of those rewatches where it's just like I felt right at home. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. they they really, yeah, it, it, it's great. It's and peace, it's, peace be the journey. That's how you felt while you were watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was definitely a great one. I really appreciate. I don't know. This revisiting this one was very. I was glad when we agreed that like, oh, this both impacted us when we were kids. 
Um, but yeah, so I wanted to kind of close out this episode with, uh, and I hope this is something that fans continue to start doing as we build a bigger fan base, that David and I had a Power Rangers episode last week. So if you haven't listened to that, you should definitely check it out because I cry pretty hard <laughs> in, in that one. You know, he cried was, a nine flat. <laughs> yeah, you thought nine nine was good. Uh, but uh, um, we ended up referring to uh, a, a friend of mine named Bobby who is a Guinness record holder for collecting Ghostbusters memorabilia. Not and, Bill Murray uh, stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's some Murray stuff in there. Um, but uh, David had a, a few comments in there uh, based on that podcast, so you should definitely check it out. But uh, Bobby ended up actually sending in a listener voicemail, so I figured we could close out the episode listening to that, and I can get uh, David's not heard this yet. So uh, here's here's his, uh, his, uh, his voice. First off, thank you guys so much for the shout-out. I do very much appreciate it. You guys are doing an awesome job with this podcast, and I absolutely love listening to it whenever I get some free time. Eric, I just wanted to clarify that I did set the Guinness World Record for the largest collection of Ghostbusters memorabilia at 1,221 items. My collection is probably five times that. There's actually a difference between what a collector considers memorabilia and what Guinness considers memorabilia. I was also featured in the Guinness World Book of Records, the 2022 edition, on page 88. Um, David, why did you have to bring up the Bill Murray thing? That that was supposed to be a one-on-one conversation with us. You weren't supposed to share that information about Hayden. Um, but anyways, you guys did an awesome job on that. Uh, episode with the Power Rangers. I absolutely love it. You guys keep up the good work and I will talk about you later. I was, uh, it's funny when he sent this in, I was like, where is he going to go with this? Because <laughs> of Bill Murray, like I feel like he's a god to him, but I like the fact that he's just like, yeah, yeah you guys had, he, he confirmed the secret meeting that Hayden That's Christensen right. should have played. <laughs> and more will come out of the woodwork too. Just you wait. <laughs> the truth will be revealed. <laughs> I actually talked to my coworkers about that this week. I was like, you guys like Bill Murray? No? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's because Groundhog's Day was just happened yeah so you know i yes but um yeah that was a really i'm really great to listen to and thank you for just the kind words and holy cow your collection yeah i mean gonna have to look at photos and just everything uh uh, that's really cool as someone who's very very like amateur and novice to this stuff i've been starting some different collecting my own and it's just a fun and stressful process <laughs> when you're like, I need this thing from 30 years ago that was 10 cents and now it's a thousand dollars. You know, I'm like, why is this causing so much stress in my life? But it is a, it's a very, very cool um, thing to do and hobby. And I'm, I can hear the the love and and reverence you have for the things you've collected just in your in your voicemail. So yeah, uh, that that was really awesome. Yeah, I, I, David and I are actually talking at the, the beginning of this episode before we started recording. I think we will in the future, in the near future, do an episode about the idea of collecting at our age, that it's just like what that means to us from our childhood. And David even mentioned of like, 
what are the ones that what are the toys that got away that you yeah. wish you would have kept the that mom that sold away. Yeah. <laughs> that maybe mom sold at a yard sale and you had to now hunt down with 10 times the inflation attached to the price <laughs> but like uh yeah i think that'll be a fun episode to do to hear people talk about their their collections because i know personally and i feel like you've made reference to david even when friends of yours have sent in um flashback stuff for episodes they tend to attach photos of things mm-hmm. that they have on their shelves that they're yeah. proud of that they enjoy um so yeah i i think we're gonna put something together like that in the near future so be sure to look on like our instagram or our tiktok or youtube or any of those platforms to where yeah if you got something to share share it like it's the uh, I, I joked with david what what do collectors love the most sharing their collection with other people like right. it's like to show people your holy grail items to um like see the excitement uh or hear the excitement in other collectors is a very it's a very fun thing uh yeah i, I mean it's it. not, we got that's how we do it. i mean harper has to play with mine i'm like no <laughs> so yeah that's that's, <laughs> we that's why they're on a very tall shelf behind this, you <laughs> you can't play with this this is why you're not gonna go to college because <laughs> how much this was you um no we, yeah definitely we we will uh and and i think you said this but yeah any other episodes i think our voicemail link is always live and, and yep. you could always message if there's an episode um that uh you you like or you know it's coming up in february or in other months and you want to throw a comment down we're always happy to chat about it and and uh that's been really fun just hearing everyone's different viewpoints and takes and all the hate for bill murray it's just really really great so thank (laughs) you everyone. keep that ball rolling (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh thanks everybody for listening uh until the next time you see us or hear us be sure to live your life with just a little bit of whimsy we'll see you guys later Thank you for tuning in to Bygone Geek. Please rate and review our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Bygone Geek. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to